Hi, it's me again, Morgan, co-chair of NSP and third year student. Back again, I know. You're listening to the Tea with NSP, the biggest and best queer podcast that there is out there. This episode and the entire series is only made possible with the support of our incredible sponsors. Clifford Chance have been supporters of NSP for over nine years and headline sponsor for 2021. If you've been to previous events, you might have taken part in their voguing workshop or seen drag races Something Wrong and Tia Kofi hosting their photo booths. Thank you Clifford Chance for your phenomenal support of the LGBTQ community. This week we have the fabulous Ollie O'Toole and our very own Ben Wardle. They discuss how lockdown has affected them, why university may or may not be the right choice for some, and shared some fun stories about their time on social media. Stick around to the end to find out which Drag Race star is with us next week. Alright, I'm done now. You don't have to hear me anymore. (laughs) Get on with it. Hi listeners, welcome to National Student Pride's newest podcast, aiming to give advice to students about university and the work life. Share some experiences with our weekly guests and talk about some issues within the community and as an entire planet too. I'm Reese James and it's just me and my two fabulous guests this week. My first guest this week is YouTube and TikTok sensation. That'll be joining NSP at our next event. Ollie O'Toole, how are you Ollie? Hi, hello, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm fab, thanks. And joining Ollie and I today, we also have NSP committee member, author and TikTok icon, Ben Wardle. This is the moment you lose all the listeners. They're like, you know what? I'm not putting up with that today. <laughs> right guys let's get into it so i've got a question for you both how was life for both of you in school being young and gay go on ali go on put me on the spot thank you ben no pressure <laughs> honestly gratefully and blessfully it wasn't that bad for me i i think i'm quite lucky because obviously i'm 20 and when i was in school i was 16 well obviously i was 12 to about 17 in which I think my kind of generation were quite open to it. And my school year especially had a lot of LGBTQ diversity. We literally had transgender people in my year. We had lesbian, we had gay, we had bi. We had a lot in my year of like all LGBTQ representations. So for me, I didn't really come out massively openly to all my school year. But I think people sussed on a bit. It wasn't subtle. Um, But... No, for me it was fine really. Great. I had a few boyfriends here and there. There was no never felt left out for it, never felt that bad for it. The only thing was, because obviously I had a big girl group as friends, PE and waiting outside the toilet, so that was never fun. The relatable content, honestly. Apart from that, high school it was great for me. I had a great time. It's so good that you had such a diverse year group. Because like we've been talking to um several people on the podcast and there's such a different experience with school so like it's so good to hear that in your year group it was so diverse what was it like with you Ben? Do you know what I find this so interesting because I think Ollie and I had very similar experiences again my memory is the bleep test in PE I don't know about anyone else but that was my moment you know and I can I say I showed those boys they were all passed out lying on the flipping whatever it's called, they don't even know what it's called, the sports field, there I am going up and down, I thought, yeah, it was actually the best experience, and 
it's only now, you know, say in the role that I do have as co-chair of Student Pride, when you do hear some awful stories, you know, awful stories of what people have been through, you know, I would use the word very lucky. And I think, I don't know if you'd agree, Ali, you shouldn't say it shouldn't be about luck. It should be the reality for everybody. But actually, when you hear those stories of what it could have been like, I do feel very lucky. Yeah, 100%. It should be, this should be the normal. It should be so normal for people to be gay and part of the LGBT community. So it, it baffles me that people do have bad experiences. What was your experience? Well, this is the second time the script's been flipped on me. Campbell did it as well. Yeah, mine was fine. I was like, there was a couple of gay people in my school, but I was like the gay of the year. It was me. Oh, really? Was that you? It was like, my school was very good for it. Like, yeah, I got named, called and stuff, but that's never really phased me when it comes to like sexuality and stuff, because I know who I am. It doesn't matter about anyone else. And I I recently just spoke to Campbell Kenneford and we were talking about transgender, being transgender in school. And in my school, we had unisex toilets and stuff. Um, So it was very... I don't know how I don't know what word to use, but they were very, like, open to everything. Considering the town I grew up in wasn't... It it wasn't backwards, but it, it was a bit behind the times. Like, it was very good to have that at school. Because, like, my school has never had that. And I know the school... Because I, I remember, actually, because we had a community of LGBTQ who created, like, a club almost to, like, accept whoever who was struggling and whatever, like, a, a student-made club. And I know they approached the school with the idea of um, gender-neutral toilets, but it got uh, ruled out because a few people weren't comfortable with it and yeah. stupid reasons. So it's so good that, like, your school had that. I'd love to get into it, but you'll have to just listen to the previous podcast of Campbell Kenford. That's it. Get that plug in there, my love. You're not getting an insight. Uh... (laughs) But Reese, correct me if I'm wrong, and Ollie, very confident, very confident individuals. Um, And I think that does make a big difference. If you can sort of walk into school and own it, that is so um, helpful, I suppose, but there's yeah. a lot of young people who don't have that confidence. So have you got any advice or top tips for somebody who might be in school and might feel, you know, um, excluded or different in any way? What would be your number one top tip? You've taken one of my questions for later, Ben. Well, <laughs> what can I say? I feel like I'm now a guest on your podcast. Welcome to the Ben Wardle Show. <laughs> for me... I would just say, just be gay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What I mean by it is just like, just be yourself, be unapologetically yourself. Because like, at the end of the day, these people, you probably won't even remember half of them when you leave. (laughs) If you're listening, sorry guys. Hey, where's your podcast? Oh wait. (laughs) What would you say to yourself, Ollie? I would say, like, your differences are your superpower and they make you stronger. I mean, like, if we were all the same, and my whole year was just full of, like, not that there's anything wrong with being straight, but if my whole year was just straight and there was no differences. We were all just, say, white, cis, straight, male, female, with no difference, no nothing. That'd be boring. It would add no spice or flavour, for one. But I'd say to me, go in that school year and just do you. If you want to strut about, you know, have a bit of a sassy walk, you do that. Yeah. And if you want to paint nails, do that. Like, just don't care what anyone thinks. Because like you said... I don't. I couldn't think twice about anyone from my school year now, 
like thinking what's their opinion because I frankly I don't care about their opinion and you shouldn't care about anyone's opinions mm. but yourselves because I always say this you only have one life you know you better than anyone knows you so why are you going to sit there and think about someone else's opinion when you don't even like that person very much why am I going to let your opinion affect who I am because I don't even like you what about you Ben what would you say to young Ben Wardle oh my goodness where do we start <laughs> I'd say, my love, behave. I'm in two minds about this because on the one hand, I think young people are the most accepting. I really do. But at the same time, I do think, especially maybe at primary school age, young people are the most unforgiving. And if there is anything different about you, it is always those young children that will pick it out and identify it. You know, they're very good at that. And they will be like, oh, you know, I get you sound like a girl. You act like all the time. And so whilst young people can be the most accepting, and we've got to give people credit, you know, I know at my school anyway, people, you know, I would, (laughs) I was thinking back now to me in school, oh my goodness, (laughs) I would strut down that English corridor, you know, and I would really arrive for those Othello lessons. And nobody really batted an eyelid. Um, You know, everyone was so accepting. My top tip in life Uh, One of my many top tips you can read in my books, my loves, you know. (laughs) If you wouldn't take their advice, don't listen to their criticism, you know. Only ever take your advice from people you respect, admire and see as a role model, you know. Don't listen to silly, I don't know, Joe, who's kicking his football around and playing PS4 every Saturday. I'm sorry, Joe. No, not having it. You need to be strong in yourself and know if you wouldn't take their advice you don't see them as an inspiring role model do not listen to their criticisms it's how i see it like i recently just had someone call me and say things um about me on um twitter and i was actually just there like how was like are you jealous darling well they are Absolutely they are. Cause it, why else would they? I don't understand why you'd spend your time bringing someone else down, whether it's online or in person. Just focus on yourself and do you and focus your time on being the best version of you, not bringing someone else down. Right, Ollie, I've got a question just for you. So, Ollie, you didn't go to university. Um, what made you come to that decision to not go to university and how has the work life been as a gay man? A lot of people, actually, don't believe I got into university because they believe I was too stupid. I would like to set the record straight. I got into all five of my universities that I applied to. And then I was sat there and I was like, I don't want to go to university. I don't like education. I I don't enjoy all the workload, personally. I want to start making money. In the end, I was like, no, I'm doing this to go with society and what is kind of the new norm of going to uni, when, in fact, it wasn't me. It wasn't what I wanted to do. And I... I felt like if I was going to do this, it wouldn't have made me very happy. So then I didn't go to uni and I just got a, I got a part-time job in a wine bar, which now has turned into my full-time job and I'm now the assistant manager of that said wine bar. You know what, actually? So my first job, I was actually in a kitchen. I was just a little pot washer and I was 12 at this point, so I was still quite young. And when I worked in the kitchen, I remember, because there were chefs and these chefs were very manly, closed-minded chefs. They were lovely. They weren't the accepting men 
yeah. like you would expect. Yeah. Um, so I remember that was always quite daunting because obviously I was only 12, but like these men are sexualizing women and things they shouldn't do, but we just do, where we talk with each other, they're bloody banter. And I always remember feeling a bit uncomfortable about that and being like, oh, I'd, I'd be a bit, I felt a bit nervous to kind of say who I was at that point, wrongfully, because I should have owned that. But at the time, I was 12, naive. Mm-hmm. However, now in the work I am, I, I, there's not a single difference, as there isn't anyway, but like there's no difference between me who is dating a guy who isn't straight compared to like my male straight cis colleagues. Like, yeah. there's, it's amazing. Like, um, I mean, you get a few customers who come in because it's a bar, you get a few male, closed minded men who sometimes it's a bit uncomfortable, but apart from that, it's great. I mean, I don't think sexuality comes, like, in my interview, it never felt. Because obviously, I think the lady who was interviewing knew about my sexuality didn't come into consideration as it shouldn't. There was never anything untoward about my sexuality tied to my job and how the experience has been with it, which is great. Yeah, it's interesting that you brought up the bar situation, actually. I I had a job between my second year and third year of uni, and I worked in a bar. And as I said, my hometown, a bit closed-minded. Um, so there was a lot of straight older men um that would comment and call me like um and mis mispronounce my pronouns use the wrong ones um so there's there's a site there's a type of like way you have to communicate back to them and it's like you just volley that back and use that as banter so yeah. i remember getting really yeah. upset about it crying in the barrel room where you change the barrels oh and- really and my um, manager was like, why are you crying? I was like, this man just called me a girl. That's not my pronouns. And she was like, turn around and went, I'm only a girl in drag. And and then say their wife's name is your drag name and freak them out. I love that. Have you regretted not going to uni? Um, I think at the start, I did slightly because everyone was gone. So all of my friends, my boyfriend, everyone left to uni. I'm literally the only person who didn't yeah. go to university out of my whole nearly my whole year to be fair, there's only a few but I wasn't that friendly with them. So at the start I was like, well this is a bit lonely, you know, not got much yeah. to do. Mm. But I turned back I had all this free time now with no friends in my village or whatnot. So I turned this time free time around and I was like, I'm gonna use this time to better myself, focus on myself and work on me and what I want to achieve. Okay. So I set I got more shifts at work so I earned more money and in my free time I was like trying to plan what I want to do in my life. So you know what I did at the start but honestly, it was the best thing I did, and I'm so happy. Because for me personally, with anxieties and stuff, I wouldn't have enjoyed uni, and I know that deep down. So, no, I don't regret it. You're right what you say, Ollie, I think. There is a culture of everybody must go now, you know, but actually I don't think that's helpful at all. I really don't. You know, for some people, all they get out of uni is 50K debt. I mean, what? Why are we forcing everyone down this same route? I think you need to do what's right for you not what everybody else is doing because you don't want FOMO oh Ben you went to uni what was that like no um, I'm in my third year of uh, religion philosophy and ethics at King's College London oh come through for me it was subject-led I was in a very good position personally in that I knew exactly what I wanted to do and what I wanted to um go on to be, if you like. So I always wanted to be a teacher. My dream has always been to be a head teacher, a leader in education. So I had that dream and then I chose uni. Um, Whereas I think for some people, 
it's the case of, as I've just said, it's the case of, oh, everyone's going to uni. I now need to find a subject. What shall I do? Let's do law. <laughs> I'm not being rude. I love law students. I do. And I think law's a great degree. However, there are certain subjects where I think, what's the goal? And you don't need a goal. You absolutely don't need a goal. But I was very lucky in that I did have a focus. So I said, I want to do this degree for this end result. A bit like if you do medicine, you know, nine times out of 10, it's because you want to be a doctor. I think most people who are at uni, I don't like to be rude and speak for others, are putting on a facade. I think there is this idea that you've gone to uni, which has been made out to be this incredible, like Disneyland of experience. Parties every night, making your meals in your kitchen, this dream. You get there. And actually, I think it can be the most lonely. It can be the most emotionally draining time of your life. And it's so important that we actually have that openness and vulnerability about the reality. Yeah, 100%. It's very difficult. I had issues with lecturers that didn't like what I was making, like the music I was making. I was homeless in second year, so I had nowhere to live. How did that happen, may I ask? I'll, I'll, I'll tell the short story. Basically, I had a house, fell out with the people I was moving into literally like the week before um, due to... Um, just some money situations like yeah. to pay for a, like a deposit and stuff um student finance wouldn't finance me a, a little bit earlier so I end up homeless sofa surfing for like the whole year like luckily enough I had um they're not my fr- we're not friends anymore but I had um these friends that let me stay there for six months before I moved into my own place my experience at uni um, in the first year, I always say this, if I hadn't gone and got on my first weekend a job at Heaven, my uni experience would be totally different for the worse, I really do believe. That was where I found myself. I found the most amazing friends. You know, I had the best time in my first year, the best year of my life. But that was only thanks to having that job and meeting the people who I worked with there. That's one thing I've learned. Like, there's yeah. no disrespect to any uni students, but I personally yeah. know some uni students who went to uni still with that high school kind of mindset Absolutely. and bitchiness, mm-hmm. and they're yeah. still in that mindset, and they are just yeah. still bitchy high school girls. They haven't changed or grown up, and I do generally believe yeah. me going to work of uni has helped me grow up a lot quicker than if I had gone to uni, which I do appreciate and I love that. Like working with, because I work with people who are significantly older than me and people younger than me. Whereas if I was at uni, I was with my age and like, I'm just glad I left the education system when I did. It's what works for you. You know, it's what works for you. Don't feel the pressure to follow the crowd. You know, there will always be opportunities, as you said, Reese, to do it 10 years down the line. Go with your heart, what's right for you because there is no one size fits all. Like, I don't regret going to university. I had a good time. I met some of the most amazing people and even the people that aren't that amazing and aren't in my life anymore, I'm still the person I am because I experienced their friendships, all the hardships I had to go through. Like, that's made me who I am. So I I wouldn't go back and change it. Well, yeah, what would your top tip be for someone at uni in 2020? For me, again, it's just... Be you. Don't let other people sway what you think about life. Just be you. Do what you want to do, not what others want to do. 
Um, don't fall into the trap of the parties. Go to have a good time, obviously, but but please, like you've you've gone to university. You've you're you don't want all that money to be a waste. I would say I would agree with that, but I would actually add to that: don't be afraid to make mistakes. Your biggest mistakes are your best teachers. You know, me getting on the wrong branch of the Northern Line, you know, was the best teacher. I never did it again. You know, you've got to make those mistakes. And I ended up somewhere I don't even know where I was. But it was okay because you could get on the next platform and go straight back to (laughs) wherever I actually wanted to be. You know, it's that time in your life when you can just, live a little I think so please do it you know you're only young ones just go for it have fun you know and just be you is what I would say right so right at this current time of recording we're in a in a national lockdown again how has both lockdowns affected you both so in work life and in your studies you know when I think back to March oh my goodness didn't you find this I was reading it every day in the papers and I'm like oh no it's just this, um, it's one of those news stories that you read about and you think, oh, it's just this thing, you know, it's never going to affect me personally in any way, shape or form. And it then just got, you know, we got closer and closer to March and then we were reading things which were just, they just seemed so ridiculous. Like, you know, you won't be able to meet anybody. We will be in a lockdown. No one had heard this kind of terminology before. And it was so alien, so strange, so like, what the hell? But what I think is really interesting is now it all feels almost normal. Like, this has become, I hate the phrase, a new normal. It's amazing, I think, how quickly we adapt and adjust to these social changes. And what this time last year, if I'd said to you both, I'd gone, yeah, we're going to have a global pandemic. Um, you're going to be locked down. You will be fined and arrested if you meet with more than six people. You know, it, uni will be shut down. Schools will be shut down. A-levels will be cancelled. You go, what? And yet now it all feels almost too normal. Young people consistently, the age group most affected by these measures, which are, of course, essential for the protection of physical health, Um But we need to consider, I really do believe, the mental health consequences of this measure. You know, it's a very, very um, emotionally challenging um, way of living. I think humans are not wired for this kind of isolation and separation. So has it affected your studies being at uni? For me, I actually found I was more focused in um, lockdown. Uh, You know, I found that I actually got more done because I couldn't be going out. You know, I I was working, as I say, at night. When all of that stopped, I was actually a lot more focused. I actually found being online very helpful for me because I'm quite a self-motivated person. But I think for a lot of people, you know, especially with all the uncertainty around whether you're doing an exam or, you know, what's going to happen to your degree over the months, It was a very challenging and uncertain time, but I think we've all adapted. We've all, you know, pulled ourselves together. We've all come together. And I think we will all learn a lot from this experience going forward. You know what? With lockdown, I know I understand the mental health side to it completely. Um, And my heart goes out to anyone who is 
who feels alone and suffering through it. And I always say on my social media, if you are that person who feels like you've got no one to in lockdown, message me. I'll reply. I'm always on my phone. Like, I ain't got much else to do. <laughs> that respect is awful. And the loneliness and mental health breaks my heart uh, for people. But for personally, I loved lockdown. Once I got my head around it, once I said, goodbye, yeah. once I said my goodbyes to my boyfriend and my friends, and I was like, all right. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we'll, we might see each other a day. We might end up breaking up. What's the update? We're still together. Never broke up. So six months apart, we still did it. Strengthened. Um, so I said my goodbyes and whatnot. Um, yeah. And I got my head into lockdown. You know what it is? I came home. I remember Boris Johnson. I was sat in my boyfriend's house with his family. And yeah. Bo- Bojo said on my TV, everyone go home and lock your doors. So that night I did. I said, fine, I went home. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to get myself going with this lockdown now. So I bought... I, I robbed my parents. They had like a easel and like an art set. I was like, I'm going to learn to draw. So that's what I started to do in lockdown. I started to learn a new skill. I was like, I've got all this free time. Let's learn some new skills. Let's better myself. I did a few TikToks drawing. I got bored of it. I can't lie. The phase didn't last long. Um, But one thing it did lead me to, which I'm very happy about, it gave me, because I've always wanted to start YouTube as like, a hobby, a job, career, whatever. I've always wanted to do it since yeah. I was 12 years old. Never had the courage because, you know, we were shy. But then, but then it turned into, I have the courage now, but I'd have the time. Well, I had all this time. Wow. So I was like, there's no excuses now, love. Let's get the camera. Let's get going. <laughs> so I started YouTube, which for me was like a big achievement for me. And I'm very grateful I did that. And I wouldn't have done this and I wouldn't have started TikTok properly and earning money from TikTok if it wasn't for the lockdown. Yeah. Um, and I've also worked a lot on myself, a lot on my mental health, started reading some books, started doing some self-help things. And lockdown for me, I've loved it. I'm a strong believer that life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you choose to respond. And actually, yeah. what you did was very important. You could quite easily have gone, oh, my God, I'm just going to stay in bed all day, watch yeah. TV, do nothing. But you actually were very self-motivated, very proactive, and you said, right, I can't change the situation, but what I can change is my mindset and my actions. So you actually turned what was a very big obstacle into an opportunity. And, you know, you've reaped the rewards for that, which is amazing. Because I know a lot of people, like some of my friends, they have been on their PlayStation every day of lockdown. (laughs) And I'm thinking, you've got all this free time. Do something. Invest in yourself. You've got the time. There's no excuses anymore not to. Like, we're getting free money from furlough. Thank you, Bojo, for that. Um, yeah. But like everything else, there's no excuses not to be doing things, I think, at this point. And that's how I see it. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm loving life. I'm happy as Larry. I'm so happy that both of you have had a good time. <laughs> um, I didn't. How was it? Take us back to March. Take us back to March 2020. I was having the best time. Like, I think start of 2020, I was just living my best life. I had a boyfriend who I was in absolute love with. My job was going well. I was living with my best friend in the entire world. Like some would say a great time. I would say it was a great time. Um, And then when we finally (laughs) got coronavirus in the UK um, and we had to go into lockdown, it like at first, yeah, it was scary. Um, But it was like, I needed that time off. <laughs> I needed that time to sort of have a break. Um, and and then come May, me and my boyfriend broke up. Was that because of lockdown or was that because of just other 
circumstances? Um, I think it's a mix. Um, yeah. There was like issues for us both, I think, with what we... Um, I don't want to piss anyone off either. Um, because like, <laughs> I still view him very highly as a person. He's great. How long were you together? We weren't together very long, but it's the first time that I've ever experienced being in a healthy, loving relationship. He's taught me a lot about myself. And as much as the breakup still affects me to this day and still upsets me to this day, I would not be, as I said earlier, the person I am today without that. And as much as it upset me and like I had a lot of resentment towards my ex-boyfriend for breaking up with me, it's, it's made me a much more positive and much more self-aware of how I am to people, how I am to myself. Um, I've always seen people as a lesson. Absolutely. Exactly. And then two days later, I lost my job. So at this stage, how are you feeling, Reese? Right. So my housemate, Lucas, has ne- never really saw me cry. He saw me cry so much. <laughs> like, when I and when I say cry, it was that classic snotty cry as well. Well, I love... Yeah, but you always feel the best after those cries. But it was so annoying because I finally was like... I had been crying for a couple of days. I felt okay. Finally okay. And then I got that call that I was losing my job. It's not the best timing. And then a week later, it was my bloody birthday. So I was having a bloody lockdown birthday. I was like, oh, no. What did you do? What did you do? I hosted a Zoom quiz, which was all about me. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Of course you did. But, I mean, if it wasn't for my best friend, who I had lived with at the time, I don't think I'd be where I am. Do you ever wonder, imagine if this had never happened? Would, you know, would yeah. there have been things you didn't learn that you never did? Like, yeah, as much as it did bring negatives, it did bring a lot of positives. Like, even in the negatives, there was positives. So if it wasn't for lockdown, again, wouldn't be who I am today. Wouldn't be talking to you two icons. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Thank <laughs> God for that. You've hit the jackpot, my love. <laughs> Ollie, do you have anything coming up in the future that you'd like to plug? Yes. So funny you've asked me about Reese. I do. <laughs> so to everyone who is listening, the millions of you who all want to support a local and um, sustainable and unisex and cool um, clothing brand, then Vexis on Instagram is a brand that I'm working with and my best friend that's created it and it is gender neutral and it's streetwear and it's cool. I'm not going to swear. Really cool and nice, and you'll look dead nice in it. So that's Vexis, V-E-X-X-A-S, over on Instagram. I also have a YouTube channel where I post every Thursday and every Sunday. Why why Thursday and Sunday? How did you decide on those days? This really fascinates me. So I decided on these days because my original day was Sunday, so I started every Sunday because I noticed Saffron Barker, Zoella, and Alfie Days all posted on a Sunday, so I thought, well, they're quite big names in the YouTube. I'm going to copy them. strategy. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also noticed, I think James Charles posts on a Thursday. I was like, well, again, a big name. Right. Drop it on a Thursday. Yeah. Um, so that was how I came up with my Thursday and my Sunday. What advice would you give to someone then if they thought, oh, I might start a YouTube channel? What What would your top tips be? No, if you're just doing it for fame, basically, I don't think that's the right reason. Do it because you actually have a passion for it and you enjoy it and you enjoy editing and creating and creating a community. I think do it for that. And then just do it if you want to do it. Just do it. Because like I've said, and I think I've said it a few times now, I can't lie. Um, I worked to YouTube since I was 12 years old, but I didn't because I was in high school and I was like, oh no, people will watch and judge. 
I wish I could have gone back to me back then and like, just do it. Like, why do you care? I really admire, I think creativity is a skill that is so underappreciated. You know, it really, really is. And, you know, if we talk about schools, for example, the exam system is very much based on uh, memorising certain facts, techniques, you know, mass the mass production, really, of certain formulas. Um, but really, we don't value, I don't think, or recognise that creativity enough. No, I completely agree. Like, creativity, I feel like old school YouTube, you know, when, like, it was, like, 2013, when, like, when Zoella, Pointless Blog, all of them, like, at their peak, I feel like YouTube was a different space than it is now, and I feel like it's a lot harder now to trend and do things because the content that people want to see has completely changed. You know how, like, obviously now, like, James Charles is massive... All the like large productions, YouTubers are so big and they're doing the best because it's like a TV show now on YouTube. I feel like they've got their studios, yeah. they've got their lights, they've got these film cameras. It's not just your G7X Canon anymore, it's literally like we're at Paramount Studios or something. Absolutely, yeah. What about you, Ben? Do you have anything to plug? Well, where do we start? <laughs> Take a shot every time Ben says book. I've got two books. We talked, we started talking about, it feels like we may have got a little sidetracked, but we started talking about lockdown, didn't we? And in the first lockdown, that was my big thing. I wrote my self-help book, my book, Live Your Best Life, My Ultimate Guide to Being Authentic, Confident and Resilient. Um, it's been an amazing experience to write it. Um, and again, it's another reason TikTok has been amazing for me I think you know one thing I love about social media is it gives everybody an opportunity to put themselves out there you know which in the past you might have needed certain connections or you needed um, a certain lucky break at an audition for example to get into the mainstream media whereas today anybody can become a content creator which you know can open a lot of doors and give a lot of opportunities I started TikTok because my um flatmate at uni said to me one day all this stuff that you absolutely spam your private snapchat story with you know that I subject my poor friends to on an hourly basis of me like getting fake tan on the wall and me there with something at some bleach I'd bought from Lidl going can I put this on the wall will it will it remove it all these stupid videos of just me he was like instead of spamming your private snapchat story why don't you put it on tiktok and I was like what so I just did it one day, just a couple of my, what should we call them, greatest hits. You know, yeah. there was some saga of me um, going through Trafalgar Square, being attacked by pigeons, and I didn't think anything of it. And it's amazing, you know, how just something like that, that I didn't even have the idea of, because it was his idea, can lead to publishing two books, you know, and yeah. being on a national TV show, uh, X, Y, Z. It's amazing. So put yourself out there and see what happens. What's the worst that could happen? It won't work out. Learn from it. Move on. Great story. 100%. Ollie, Ben, thank you for joining me this week. Um, Listeners, thank you so much for joining us and listening to us talk about lockdown, school, and what it's like being part of the LGBT community and in education. So thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next time for Clear Skin. I feel like so much just happened in the span of not very much time. How on earth did they manage to fit all of that in? Next week, we're joined by the fabulous Vinegar Strokes. 
She talks to us about musicals, race within the LGBTQ community, starting in drag, and working class communities. If you'd like to hear more from us, don't forget to grab your tickets for our week-long festival starting April 19th, 2021, where you'll get to hear and see even more of our madness. Tune in next week, where I'll still be keeping an eye out for Selena. Bye! <laughs>